and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Hey, everybody. It's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy, and this is another exciting edition of The Non-Canonical Adventures of J.D. and Randy, the Summer Series Thingy. Yes, and today we're looking at a movie from 1987 called The Lost Boys. A teen black comedy horror film. Not a black teen comedy horror film, as that would have been a completely different thing. Directed by Joel Schumacher. I really want to sell this as a comedy, I guess. Uh... As I was saying, directed by Joel Batnipple Schumacher. I was waiting for that. Starring Corey Heim, Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland, Jamie Gertz, Corey Feldman, Diane West, Edward Herman, Billy Worth, Brooke MacArthur, Jameson Newlander, Barnard Hughes, and including Alexander Winter. Or just Alex Winter, if you prefer. There's a lot of people in this movie. Uh, it has the Corys! Who win a lot of things, to be quite honest, especially around that time. But uh, this was kind of a big movie at the time. It's more of a cult favorite these days. Budget for the movie was $8.5 million and went on to gross $32.2 million. Yes, like I said, it was a popular movie at the time. And it's still pretty well liked today. And it's very much a summer movie. And very much influential on a lot of the genre post- 1987. Yep. Which genre? Comedy? No, on the teen black horror comedy. Uh, so, uh, now, okay, so, so we let's, is this a comedy? It's not a comedy, okay? I'm sorry, but it's not a comedy. That's a real stretch. There's humor in it, but is it a black comedy? No, it's not a black comedy either. I don't understand where that comes from. We're, we're even looking. Is Heather's a black comedy? That's a black comedy. There's actual jokes in that that are clearly meant to be funny in a dark way. That's not a, the case here. The closest is the final line of the movie. That's literally as far as it ever gets. And that's kind of the way to wrap it all up after everything that happened. Grandpa ex machina. Yeah, that. Other than that, it's not really. I mean, the plot is about a, a family, a mother and her two kids. A down on the luck family, yes. Who moved to the town of San, Santa Carla in California, I'm guessing, near L.A., because it's very L.A. inspired, this movie. And they find out that the town is kind of a hedonistic hellhole in more ways than one. And soon enough, we learn there are actually vampires. And it's just a very um, thinly veiled copy of the place that they were actually filming in of Santa Cruz. Yeah. Which was, in the 70s, known as the murder capital of the world because of three serial killers that were eventually caught. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the entire plot of the movie. One of them, the older brother gets entangled with the vampires. The younger it's one. It's a coming of age story uh, of an older woman who uh, <laughs> moves to a California town and finds love with the head vampire. Spoilers of a clan. Yeah, there's a bunch of different uh, plots in this movie going on, but they all tie together. Wackiness ensues. Yeah, because apparently it's a comedy. You know, like you know, like uh, Home Alone meets Working Girl. It's it's a comedy, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty much the first half is kind of a, a teen drama thing. And then with some comedic moments, not 
black comedy or anything like that. It's just comedic moments. I, I think they're trying to force the comedic comedy, like, nomenclature down our throats because of the Frog Brothers. Yeah, but they're just, like, for certain scenes. They're, they're like, comedy relief, but not really, because they play important roles in the actual movies, but they're comedy relief, I guess. Yes, and they're also not, like, taken for pratfalls or anything. They actually do things and actually accomplish things, so it's, like I said... It's we're even looking at a YouTube. It's labeled as comedy. It's it's not. It's not. Comedy. Um. It's rated. It's rated R comedy. Yes. It's it's up there with coming to America exactly as gut busting. So anyway, like I said, the plot, I have never seen the entire of coming to America. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of neither here nor there. Anyway, so what did you think about? Did you see this movie before? Because I, I wasn't sure. I apparently have seen this movie before. I was aware of it. I just it's like I was never a horror kid uh, when I was younger and it's like I usually just didn't care avoided it but I'm watching I'm like I remember too much of this movie for me to have not seen it at some point in my life mm-hmm. and not just because a lot of it was parodied later and not know. just because of osmosis I'm like no I remember that sequence I remember that sequence too mm-hmm. and not through the veil of the Simpsons or any other of those number of TV series that made references to this yes one of the reasons I wanted to watch this one is because he said he never watched it and then he's watching it and saying I think I've seen this <laughs> so there you go but, because uh, I, w- I was curious if you didn't see it before, what you th- what were your general impressions of the movie? Well, I might as well have not seen the movie before because it's like, it, it was that much of an impact on me when I was, I had seen it, I guess I must have been younger. Must have been. Um, it's, it's barely even a horror. It's horror by way of the fact that it has vampires in it. Well, yeah, the back half of the movie is pretty much a horror movie. <laughs> there's a lot of... But uh, not really that scary. Gory, yes, but not scary. A lot of blood. No, it's not really a scary type movie. It's, it's, it's more of a teen black comedy than a horror movie, if you know what I mean. <laughs> It's, 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 it's a drama. It's very much uh, about the Gen X generation, pretty much. And the Really? Was it about Gen X? I could have sworn that these are all the same way everybody dresses nowadays in California. Well, probably, but this was clearly... I mean, look at the crust punks that were there. There were carny punks, J.D. Yes. Uh, this Skate was punks? Probably out of date. Surf punks? For like a whole decade, but it's not so much anymore. Um, Kiefer Sutherland's character would go on to very obviously influence uh, the creation of Spike on Buffy. Yes, a lot of the characters, the dress, the style in this movie definitely was used again later in a lot of other stuff. But uh, the actual the actual story itself is more of a coming-of-age story that has vampires as a, as a major plot element in it. It's not really a scary movie, so to speak. It's, it's even called The Lost Boys because it throws back to the whole... Uh, eternal youth thing of peter pan it's even used oh my god is that what the reference was supposed to be yeah my word obviously it's only used a couple of times peter pan Mm Hmm. well you can't you can't be sure these days anybody knows what peter pan is so you gotta you gotta accentuate on what what the obvious influences are but uh yeah anyway this movie would go on to spawn to direct two video sequels uh lost boys the tribe and Lost Boys, The Thirst. Yeah. Which I guess is just starring the Frog Brothers because there's no other way to do a sequel to this movie. Yeah, the Frog Brothers hunting vampires is what I'm guessing. Or or prequels or whatever. Yeah, because the movie is just about, more or less about the family and the relationship to this new town. And the vampires basically represent the edgy type of, the edgy side of uh, the unknown that they have to deal with. They're the bad kids in town. In more ways than one, yes. So, like I said, my general impression are the... Yeah, it's not a comedy. 
He... Also, um, when Jason Patrick gets turned into a half vampire, mm-hmm. he immediately becomes edgy. So I guess one of the characteristics of being an edgy, uh, ed, sorry, of being a vampire in the '80s was being a total edge lord. Yes, it was clearly what they were reflecting, being withdrawn and, and antisocial um, and all that. Yeah, predating Stephanie Meyer's classic The Twilight well, Saga with her sparkling vampires, they had sparkly blood <sighs> when they died. Yes, thankfully this movie pretended that the whole Anne Rice changes that she did to wreck vampires didn't actually happen. So they did were you know that normal uh, Dracula was originally Judas and that uh, the reason uh, why he's so weak to silver is because of the 32 uh, pieces of silver that he received for betraying Jesus? Let's just ignore every single change that ever happened to vampires since Anne Rice wrote a book. How about we do that and we'll be far better off as a culture? And I think be she far just... Better, far better monsters. I think she just straight up writes erotica now. Probably. I mean, that's pretty much what the original books were. <clears throat> but that's getting a bit off topic. The Lost Boys, they're traditional style vampires. They're wounded by uh, holy water, sunlight, and all, all the rest, stake through the heart, you know, all of the normal stuff. <clears throat> and they even use, extensively even, the whole uh, turning into a vampire stuff. But you don't see too often anymore. It's usually just you bite and you turn into one. Yeah, it takes some time. You have to go through the whole Renfield phase of a half-vampirism. You basically have to lose your soul. You have to become a thrall, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's more interesting that way. And I like how they they intertwined it, like I said, with the whole uh, theme of the movie. It was very, it was a very well, good, well done touch, I think. I mean, it's no Seraph of the End. No, jeez. We're just going to keep referencing random modern vampire crap, huh? Well, yes. Because of how much of an influence it has, uh, this movie has had on modern vampire crap. Not enough, if we're being completely honest. Just taking the aesthetic, it's one thing, but yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The movie, and then the TV series. And then the TV series. Which only took some of the stuff out of this, not all of it. So anyway, uh, with all that said, um, what were your highlights of the movie? Was it the blood fountain that came? Out of the sink at the end. Okay, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was insane. and pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> beyond the jokes I was making while watching it, but yeah, that the, some of the, the practical effects were pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really like that final line. That is such a just the in, in uh, by osmo pop culture osmosis. Everybody knows that line mm-hmm. of uh, huh, the one thing I hate about Santa Carla is all the damn vampires. Yeah, which is funny. Like, you think he's a deus ex machina until you pay. remember what he was doing throughout the entire movie and learn nobody talked to him about vampires. Nobody even mentioned them to him. Yeah, because if you think back, uh, he everything he did was prepping for, like, oh, vampires, okay, putting the stakes up. It's like, yeah. I don't let people on my property. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's this new person? We, there's a reason why I don't have guests here. Mm-hmm. He was watching the head vampire when he came into the house and all that. This is like... There's a whole bunch of stuff, but then you realize, oh yeah, no, nobody ever took him seriously or ever said anything to him. <laughs> so, it makes sense. So, was he a half-vampire the entire time, J.D.? No, it's not that kind of a twist. It was just he knew about vampires. Which is why he went out all every night and nothing ever happened to him because he was well aware. But apparently, uh, nobody else did. Because they die. Uh, several people die pretty horrible deaths. Off well, it is the murder capital of the world. Apparently. So, what's oh. your highlight of the movie? I like the cinematography quite a lot, actually. There, yes, there's parts like where they were hanging off the bridge. What, what, what did you know? Did what you know, JD, that you mm-hmm. actually agree with Roger Ebert because that was the thing that he called out being the best of this movie. Oh, really? He only gave it two and a half stars out of five, by the way. Uh, but would... he said that the cinematography was phenomenal, and I'll agree with him there too. Mm-hmm. I will agree with him on the cinemat- cinematography. It's a really nice looking movie. Like when they're driving up the uh, the hill into the cliff, 
and like it pulls back and you see like uh, a view of the whole cliff outside the fog and it zooms back in and you see the lights from the headlights. How about the framing of when they're looking for the vampires in their lair and then they and then it pulls up to reveal that they're all hanging from the ceiling like bats. Yeah. The, every single shot in the movie is really cool like how they reveal everything. Uh kind of old school like horror like I said like when they're hanging from the bridge and you see the wide shot with the mist underneath the, and they're calling from below. It's really cool shots like that. Really give it a good atmosphere. And even and that stays away stays around pretty much for the whole movie, even until the ending. So low light, JD. I don't know if you'll agree with me here. Mm-hmm. Jason Patrick has zero uh, charisma oh, yeah? and zero chemistry with the lead actress. <laughs> I thought I just liked him because he's very emotionalist because he's supposed to be an edgy teenager. So I thought it was funny, but uh, I could see that. I guess. Like I said, I liked all the performances overall. I just, I, I, I just found Jason Patrick just cardboard cutout, edgy mm-hmm. teen, played by a thirty year old in an eighties <laughs> movie. I know he probably wasn't thirty, but he, he like Kiefer Sutherland, he always looked like he was in his thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he was in freaking Solar Babies. <laughs> he would go on to be in Speed Two, Cruise Control. He has a lot to pay for, JD. Yes, but I don't want to hurt him too much because he was in this movie. So at the very least, he had that has that going for him. But he made one good movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I guess like uh, my biggest problem is there wasn't enough um, like outside of the main cast talking about like um, the threat of vampires or anything. Oh, world building! You wanted more <clears throat> world building. Not so much that they had like good um, usage of like having like the wanted po- missing posters and people pointing at them. And, like, the, the security guard is missing and it was clearly his mother looking around for him. There's stuff like that, but you don't actually hear anybody talking or, like, questioning the weird stuff going on. It's, it's like just the of, murder capital of the world, Jamie. Kind of, uh, accept that people are missing and stuff like that. It's just kind of bizarre, but... No, I, I, actually, I, I felt that was a good piece of world building. They, didn't, they, they were showing, not talking, that there's something seriously wrong with this town, but nobody really talks about it. Yeah, but, like, not even just that. Just, like somebody's offhand mentioning anything would have been something but like i said it feels a bit more insular but but outside of the main cast we don't really get any talking with anybody else like even Kiefer sutherland who has top billing in this movie he's in the middle of the freaking poster um he doesn't actually say much no he doesn't he's uh much more intimidating i think that way actually but is that so much because of the way they wrote him or is just the fact that his Kiefer sutherland and he's always intimidating (laughs) Well, I sing a little bit of column A and column B. That's why they cast him. He could, a, be, uh, he could be Santa Claus giving out presents to kids and the kids would be crying oh, yeah. because of how intimidating Santa would be. Oh, yeah. He's, def- he's definitely really good in the role as the, the villain, although he's not technically the main villain he, for our for purposes he's of He's the fake antagonist until he reveals that, oh, wait, he's actually the lemon behind that. He's the rock. And then Max is the lemon behind that rock. Yes, it's technically the lemon behind the lemon behind that rock, considering earlier in the film where they hinted he was the uh, head vampire, but uh, we didn't get to go that far because there was a surprise for later. <laughs> so anyway, um, is there any trivia about this movie? Like anything interesting? No, surprisingly not really. It's like I was looking through it. There's a lot of it, but a, a lot of the trivia is typical IMDb stuff of like, mm-hmm. this Sutherland would go on also to be in a, a movie. Or there's a 20, uh, 20 of them in all the other uh, movies. There always has to be a Sutherland in one of these movies is, is one of their trivias. It's like, okay. It's uh, kind of funny that you, you'd think there would be more considering how uh, well-known this movie is and how many people are in it. Well, how about Joel Schumacher wanting a blonde and, instead of uh, Jamie... Uh, 
Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz uh, for the role of the star, but because Jason Patrick recommended her for the role because of Solar Babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she worked in the role, though, so it doesn't really bother me. Like I said, there's there's a lot of... Uh, oh, actually, yeah, I was right. There's a poster in the room that I jokingly said that made Corey Haim uh, uh, bisexual because he had a, a really sexy-looking Rob Lowe poster on his wall, and it's all because Joel Schumacher had recently directed Lowe and St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, he, do, he does stuff like that, apparently, all the time. Yeah, um, this originated the phrase vamp out in popular culture. Oh, yeah, and there's another... Uh, poster in the room for Reform School Girls, which is another movie. Only that's from New World Pictures, I think. Yeah. Which is an, another strange reference. But that one makes it a little bit more sense that he would have a poster like that. I mean, he's a teenage boy. Jim Carrey was considered for the role of David. Uh, it's because of his uh, portrayal of a vampire in Once Bitten in 1985. Yeah, but I just don't really... I don't see anybody other than Kiefer Sutherland, really. He really fits the role too well. Joel Schumacher said to me, I've hired these sexy young kids and I want them sexy. I don't want monsters, said Canem. So he came up with a, a not too uh, scary vampires. Well, they, when they turn vampires, they actually uh, are kind of creepy. Um, all the worse. scenes with Kelly Jo Minter, who the hell is Kelly Jo Minter, were deleted from the movie. Well, obviously we don't know because we didn't see her in the movie because they were deleted. Yeah. And who is she? I have no idea. They just like all her f- scenes were deleted, and then, and then they were brought back. Uh, they're on a DVD. I'm like, oh well, we rented this, so we don't have the DVD. That's weird. Uh, Max was holding a copy of the Goonies. Mm-hmm. And there are also posters for the monsters, which he was in. Yeah, the monsters alluded to twice when Michael first goes to hang out with the vampires. There's a monster poster behind David. The infamous "It's Attack of Eddie Monster" line. Edward Herman also played the monsters remake as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of stuff like that in the background. And weird stuff like uh, Jim Morrison poster, which obviously a reference. And also to neat little things, young. neat little things mm-hmm. that are just kind of yeah. uh, stick out there. Like they, like David gave uh, Michael the Chinese food with the sticks sticking out, which is a superstition saying that you're you're gonna be somebody's gonna die, so you're not supposed to leave the sticks sticking out. And yeah. it's like all little things like that. But cool there's a not a, there's not a lot surprising a lot other than just that people really dug into this film yeah. and really liked this film at the time, and it's a big thing in Santa Carla. Oh yeah. It's also, like I said, it's... Or Santa Cruz, whichever one is the real one. It's still a par... It's still a... Like I said, it's still a, a cult favorite today, considering it retained its popularity, more or less. Um, but, like I said, at the time, was pretty popular. So, when he said, I never saw it, I was like, what? You never saw it? Also, the movie didn't originally end on a joke. What did it originally end on? It was supposed to cut to the surviving Lost Boys regrouping in the sunken hotel. The last shot was of a mural on the wall made in the early 1900s with Max in it looking exactly the same as he did today. All this appeared in the early draft script, but ultimately it was never filmed. I think I prefer the way it ended. The merry-go-round sequence foreshadows, so the, the first shot of the movie, foreshadows the order in which the Lost Boys die. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. I didn't even and the original that. screenplay written by Jan Fisher and James Jeremias was originally about a bunch of Goonie-type 5th and 6th grade vampire kids. That's... With the Frog Brothers being chubby eight-year-old Cub Scouts and Star being a boy instead of a love interest. That would have been weird. Yeah. <laughs> the original inspiration came from James, who caught up upon the notion that Peter Pan could fly, visited Wendy and her brothers at night, and never grew old. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so the simple idea that Peter Pan was a vampire was a gener- gen- genesis of the story. That makes sense. That's, That's actually the, kind of a cool thing. That's the, the whole youth thing for the, uh, the, the Gen X generation and the relationship with uh, the baby boomers with their parents. And apparently the grandparents who they never bothered to talk to about anything. 
It's just to ask basic questions. And <laughs> David, I, I asked you this while we were watching this. Yeah. This is an interesting piece of trivia then. Mm-hmm. David dies, played by Keeper Southern, mm-hmm. dies by being impaled on a pair of antlers. Mm-hmm. That's because he didn't actually die. Ooh. He didn't disintegrate. He was supposed to be in the sequel, the proposed sequel called The Lost Girls. And it mm-hmm. was going to be revealed that he had survived in that movie, but they never went on to make it. Uh, I just assume he died after this anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, according to the IMDb, this, despite what Max later says, he is not really dead. This was intended to be picked up in the sequel, The Lost Girls, which was scripted but never made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, that, would have been a, that would have been an easy out if they wanted to pull that. Yeah. But uh, thankfully they didn't, because as I, said, I, I don't really like when movies do that. So anyway, uh, what would you give this one? I want to hear you first. Oh, jeez. I, I want to see if uh, if we're on the same page here. Uh, all right. Um, I know that's why when, when you're when you're unsure of what you want to get, I, I know you want you want me to say it first. I know what I'm giving the movie, but well, I want to see what you were gonna say. Well, if you know what you're gonna give it, go ahead. I'm actually not sure what I'm gonna give it, so you might as well go first. That's why I want to hear. I want to hear your. I want to hear your thoughts on this, JD. I want you to work through it. Is this a three movie or a four movie? Because I know it's not a perfect movie in your eyes. It's not perfect, but everything it does, it does really well. Uh, like I said, I like the coming of age stuff. I like the, the relationships with the, the generations. I like the way the monsters look. I like how they operate. I like how they have rules that function. But there's a certain something that's keeping it from being a five. But like I said, there's a, a weird thing like i said that holds it back for me saying it's a perfect movie i can't even describe what it is but uh everything else about the movie is really strong i'm and i have a hard time really nailing down something that would really so in the randy school of uh breaking down the uh five star scale is it a one of you didn't like it Mm -hmm. sorry you hated it two you didn't like it three it's okay four i like it and five i really like it it's perfect where do you fall in that thing? Do you fall in the I like it or I really like it? Uh, that's a hard one. I like it more than just you know, okay or just uh, really good. I can't say it's one of my favorites or anything, but at the same time, I'll go with a four. It's it's really good. Um, there isn't really anything I really dislike about it, but at the same time, I can't really point to what it would, what I would do to make it better i guess is a way of putting it so yeah i'll just go with a four for now there's something missing that you can't put your finger on yeah that keeps it from being a perfect film but makes it understandably a cult classic oh this one and understandably its influence on popular culture going forward this one absolutely deserved every uh, bit of uh, fame it got and every bit of uh uh, appreciation it got and the fact that it's still really like today it's still really it's still really good to watch today actually um everything holds up just as it did back then. It's a good movie. So like I said, um, I don't know what exactly holds me back from a five, but I'll just go with a four anyway. It doesn't really make that much of a difference. So let me talk to you. Uh, it's like, remember earlier on, it's like, I don't know if you're going to cut this, but right. you asked me what my low point of the movie was, and I paused. Mm-hmm. And I paused. And paused. You usually pause, though. No, but longer than usual. It's because of the exact same thing you were saying, that there's something missing from this movie mm-hmm. that i can't put my finger on mm-hmm. and that's why it's like i don't actually it's like even mocking jason patrick mm-hmm. in this movie it's just kind of like well yeah he, he is kind of like a bad actor in general but 
I can't even that it's like that was more like I have to choose something bad about the movie kind of low hanging fruit I guess yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like did I hate this movie no did I not like the movie no did I like the movie yeah mm-hmm. did I really like the movie yeah mm-hmm. did I love it and think it's perfect no so I'm gonna go with a four but it's because of that reason but it's actually a four closer to a three it's mm-hmm. because there's that something missing that there's it's it's I'm not gonna say the pacing because the pacing was okay it was fine, but there, there was something that just missing and didn't keep the attention. Like my attention would drag away, and it wasn't just that I was combing my dog for the entire movie. There, but there is something missing. But I can't give it lower than a four. I, it's like this is a this is a movie that could be would be a half point like type of thing for sure. Mm-hmm. But I can't give it lower than like a low four mm-hmm. because. There is something missing that I can't put my finger on, and it'll be like mm-hmm. twenty years down the road, <laughs> down the road, I'll have a cell where I'll go. That's it. I know what's missing, or it'll be upon a, another rewatch one day where I go, okay, that's what was missing from the script. I'd probably have to think on it a bit longer to see exactly the problem, but uh, as it is, I would still, regardless of what I rated, it's still a recommend. So like, yeah, it's a recommend. <laughs> uh, so definitely see this one if you haven't seen it, especially if you like vampire movies or. Summer movies, actually. It's a very good summer movie. It's a, it's definitely a movie we watch in the summer. And we're not delirious because of because we're in a heat wave with no air conditioner on right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just, like I said, I'm trying to think on it. I can't really. It's something I'd have to think about later. Maybe uh, if we do our, our, our end of season by then, we'll figure it out. We'll see. Okay, JD, I have an idea. How about we turn off this podcast? Mm-hmm. And since I still have it rented for another 48 hours, let's watch it again. <laughs> and find out. Find out. Well, all right. I guess that's all we got with for this one. Um, we we don't want we, we we half-heartedly give it a four each. <laughs> half-heartedly, we gave up trying to figure out our score. So just say but a four. Did it surprise you that I was I gave it that high? No, not really. He didn't really complain about it a whole lot. And usually, when you start complaining about stuff, I go, "Okay, I think I know what he's going to say." It's just that it, there was that long pause, and it really is just like I don't know what to what to hit at this. Yeah. But like I said, at the end of the day, it's definitely recommended if you like vampires or you like good summer movies that you haven't seen before. It's definitely one to watch. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's another vampire movie I've never seen. What? Quentin Tarantino's. Um, it's the one with George Clooney in it. I can't remember what it's called right now. The famous one. Um, Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn. I've never seen that movie. Robert Rodriguez. Oh, I've never seen that movie. That's a weird one. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know if it falls in our thing. Or no, I don't think it falls in our thing at but, all. Uh, I'm just saying, it was like, it just popped in my head. Another one that influenced popular culture. Maybe it was around the same time as John Carpenter's Vampires. Who knows? Yeah. So I guess with that, I'll yep. say I'm Randy. And I'm JD. And this is another exciting edition of the non-canonical adventures of JD and Randy summer series thingy. Yes, that's what it is. And, um, and we had watched the Lost Boys, the comedy, the hit comedy from 1987 this it, week. Hit comedy. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. When you scream. Go where are you? The flying nun. I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me. Stay back. Stay back. What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp stick. Drive right through his heart. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till Mom finds out, buddy. When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. Michael, they're coming! Oh, shit! Ah!